I am thankful that you have uh, listened to the introduction to this series of Lessons in Truth, uh, Unity's basic textbook, and it sort of spelled out what I'm going to be doing for the next 12 chapters, uh, starting with bondage or liberty, which um, I am doing this extemporaneously um, because this has been a part of my life ever since I was ordained in 1966. And, um, We've been through Lessons in Truth so very often, and yet for many people it's a brand new area of study and of insight. So let's begin. The first question at the end of the chapter is, what is the cause of suffering? Well, humankind, we've asked that question forever of ourselves and of people that we've given uh, some, some measure of authority to in a spiritual sense. And unity would perhaps say it in this way. The cause of all suffering is our keeping our, or, or placing our attention on something that is not founded in spirit, that is not founded in principle, that is not founded in the one presence, one power that we call God. And whenever we do that, we let the mind that we have control over look to another area of, um, of, 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 um, of input into our life and being, and we begin to... Uh, put a different standard in what we believe to be true. And we can believe anything we want to be true. That is our that is our job description, actually, as a spiritual being uh, living in a spiritual universe and governed by spiritual law. So if we substitute something other than life and love and peace and joy and make that a habit of thinking uh, as our basic truth, our underpinning, then that causes the uh, track of our beingness, as it were, to go off track and go into a cul-de-sac of experience. And we call that suffering. And suffering does not have to be uh, kept, it, kept it, it does not have to be maintained. This is not a vindictive universe. It's a universe that allows us to get back on track at any time we care to do so and to be part of a conscious realization of the one presence, one power in our life. The second question is, uh, where does joy, strength, and good come from? What is the fountainhead of all good? Well, that sort of spells out its own answer, doesn't it? Um, if, if everything, everything is God. Everything is this energy that we call God. Now, when I say that, realize that I am not saying an anthropomorphic energy of God. I'm not saying God that looks like a Michelangelo's uh, drawing or Sistine Chapel, uh, the fresco of reaching down, so to speak, to energize life in, uh, in Adam. <clears throat> but I'm speaking of an energy that is an eternal part of all things that we do not understand much about. Really, we don't. It is there, and it is evident as we seek to tune more into the truth of who and what we are, and it then becomes a conscious uh, uh, point of connectivity within us. And we name what comes out of that such words as joy, strength, and good. Um, and the fountainhead, of course, of all good is that one presence, one power, that energy that has always been, that can never be, uh, be diminished, that can never be um, uh, overruled except by a temporary experience of uh, what we then call the benefit of, of, of experiencing suffering, which isn't a real benefit. But the joy and strength and good and all the other 
uh, truths that we could say, be it abundance or be it peace, they all come from within us. Everything is already placed within the availability of mind, of heart, of soul, of our total being to touch and to bring into a conscious focus within our life. It is nothing we have to go outside of ourselves to get. It is already there. Third question. What does it mean to be an error of God? To what are we errors? Well, we probably would speak a little different language. For remember, uh, Emily Cady, bless her heart, I would have loved to have made uh, uh, her acquaintance, uh, but uh, that didn't work out in my journey and in hers. But uh, she wrote in a language that is of the 1800s, so to speak, the latter part of there, and these are words that we might always not use ourselves. But when we, when, when we think of God, oftentimes we think of God as Father and we think of ourselves as, uh, as a child or son or, uh, or daughter. And I would like to uh, move toward changing that a little bit in our, in our mind. We are more than that. We are the very expression of the energy that we call God here in human expression, here in, uh, in physicality, and therefore we are not only heir to all that is this energy we call God, but we are it, God in us, through us, and as us. And we are heirs to all that is the kingdom, to all that is God, to all that is good. It is who and what we are. And the more we know this, the more we consciously tune into this truth and make it our very own. The next question is, instead of making demonstrations or seeking manifest results, what must, what must eventually be our object? Well, there's nothing wrong with making demonstrations. There's nothing wrong with plugging back into joy or peace or love or strength or abundance and letting that uh, manifest itself within our life. There's nothing wrong with being in the flow of all that is good, of all that is God in us, through us, and as us. Uh, but as our goal, our goal is simply to remember who and what we are. And as we do that properly, the rest will fall into place automatically. And we will just simply be in that place where we know and where we experience and where we express the wonderful, uh, complete flow of God. And, and demonstrations abound in our life. Many call them miracles abound in our life. And that is as it should be, because we are the, the divine expression of the infinite activity that we call God. Next question, and it's sort of interesting. Should we be too busy to take time for meditation or prayer, and is it necessary to practice the presence? Well, remember, this is a basic textbook of unity. And all, all Emily Cady is doing is she is reminding us in this particular way that there is always an opportunity for meditation and prayer within our life and within our experience. It is who we are. And as we stay tuned in, tapped in, and turned on to this truth, the more we do that, the more we uh, live our life coming from center to circumference, and we experience what being this tuned in, tapped in, turned on uh, uh, mode of thinking really allows us to be, do, and have. And so the more we take to practice this time of prayer, 
uh, or practice the presence, as Brother um, Roberts would call it, uh, the more we tune in to this practice of prayer, we find ourselves uh, in, the, in the flow of that truth, of that that is God, of that that is good. And that is what we truly are in truth anyway. We are that goodness, we are, are all that is God. Next question at the end of the chapter. Upon what should our thoughts be centered in moments of meditation? We should be centered in the seeking to know God, to know who we are, to know our true nature. We should be seeking to center our thoughts in that which is eternally true about us and to stay away from facts that life sometimes hands to us that do, that do not look that great and to go underneath all of these things and in essence to say, I recognize on an ever-increasing scale, dear God, who and what I am. Show me more. Help me to understand more of this basic truth of the reality of my life and everything that is good in my being. It is not necessary to practice the presence of God. You do not have to call God God. You do not have to look at this activity of pure being and praise. There is nothing that is God that is seeking praise. But praise of the connectivity within us opens the channels within our mind to realize more and more of that which is eternally true about us. Uh, so our thoughts are centered in moments of meditation on who and what we truly are and an ever-increasing willingness and a seeking to know more of this inner truth. For remember, in the uh, ongoing uh, reality of our connectivity with the universe, any question, any seeking that is sincere demands an answer from the universe, from God. And the answer, the answers, plural, will be more and more evident as we unfold that truth in us. Number seven question, what part do meekness, love, and forgiveness play in the Christ life? Well, let's inject something here that will be talked about in a later chapter. When we use the word such as Christ life, what we are doing is we are recognizing that Christ is the title for a tuned-in state of consciousness. It is not Jesus' last name. It is a part of who and what each and every person is. And in various modes of study, we call it by different names. But within Christianity, metaphysical Christianity, which is unity, we call it the Christ life. And so, what part do meekness, love, and forgiveness play? And we can insert all kinds of other words there. Um, uh, and it, it plays the reality of who we are. And to play the reality of who we are produces a wonderful melody. It is, they are words that describe what the uh, God-likened individual is within their mind and heart, within their oneness. And the more that you and I tap into this truth, the more then we become that truth. And the more that we then are singing in harmony with this truth as it moves through us, in us, and as us, and results in life, in love, in peace, in joy, in abundance, in all that is good and right and perfect for us. Number eight, what is the result of persistently seeking God in every situation? Is there any situation in which God cannot be found? Well, that sort of begs the answer in and of itself. The result of per per persistently seeking God in every situation 
means that we come from center to circumference in all that we do. We start the day. We start each conversation. We start each relationship. We start each moment with the uh, ability to tap into that truth of who and what we are and know that we are coming from this in word, thought, in deed, in feeling and expression. The more we do that, the more it becomes an automatic point of reference in who and what we allow ourselves to be. And the more we are in that state of consciousness of openness and receptivity, the more we are in tune with allowing it to hold sway over all things. And there is absolutely nothing that is beyond bringing this truth into a higher focus of goodness within us. No, nothing in life whatsoever, no situation in which we cannot find or realize the essence of pure being of God in a deeper and deeper mode of understanding. So, ninth question. Can man, and Emily used the generic term man, but it's man or woman, of course. Can man escape adversity by running away from it? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, when you run away from something and you give energy to what you are running away from, which we always do necessarily, uh, we, give, we give credence to an energy that we do not want to maintain. And so the best thing to do is to realize through the uh, flow of greater and greater levels of God within us to know that in every situation, call it adversity or call it opportunity, there is contained within it the answer, the solution, and the more that we can realize that and approach it in a, uh, in a God-centered, in a Christ-centered way, in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere of peace, the more we will see that the adversity changes into an opportunity of uh, growth into something that is good and something that is always better. Um, aside here, the universe doesn't teach us, as it were, through adversity. It doesn't hand us problems to say, well, grow through it. Uh, these All problems in our life are self-produced. We may not always remember the cause and effect relationship, but it isn't that the universe ever tells us that this is the way, the posture through which you must grow and learn. And it is to, uh, to have adversity and challenge and problems uh, and to understand the hard way as to how things work. This isn't how the universe works. We can go that route if we wish, and that route will get us into the same place. It's, it's a circuitous one, and it takes us longer. But it is never a part of the, re, of, of the requirement of the source that we call God within our lives to learn or to grow through uh, pain or grow through suffering. That's not why we are here. Uh, so uh, the, next, the next question here is, what attitude of mind leads to complete deliverance? And where is the victory first won? Well, the attitude of mind is a open receptivity to the flow of the greater realization of God in us, through us, and as us. It is coming from center to circumference. It is coming from the lodestone of the truth of the nature of God that is our true nature. There can't be true two or more true natures in the universe. Only one is eternal and real with a capital R, and that is our God self, our good self, uh, that which is 
a part of us that is forever connected to the reality of God and truth and all that is good within us. And the victory is first won within this realization, within the realization that we can do it, within the realization that there is nothing that is preordained that is horrible or bad within our life. There is nothing uh, that is labeling us as a sinner within our life experience. That is, that is a gift of uh, the marketing of the church over the years. It is to convince man, woman, that they are sinners. And that is not who you are. You were never created to be or to even experience or to even uh, 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 ingest in a spiritual sense the concept of sinfulness. You are a spiritual being. You live in a spiritual universe. You are governed by spiritual law. Sin can be thought of as missing the mark or of finding out something you don't want to repeat again in your life. But as a celestial pronouncement upon you, never, never, ever, ever is it possible for the God reality that knows only its own reality to pronounce that you are something less than that reality. This has been the uh, chapter one review. Um, if you don't have the book Lessons in Truth, you can get it online or I'm sure you can go and order one from Unity or uh, it's a good basic book to keep on hand and to allow to remember who and what you truly are. So uh, tune back in and in the near future we will have uh, the lesson two questions and that is statement of being. You are a blessed one. I know that to be true about you.